in a world in the year 2017 in a time of tradition in a city where anything can happen in a war that isn't his every day in new york city on the miami police force in the deep south All right, all right. Welcome back, you guys, to Late Fees. I am Justin here with my boys, Pat and Dom. Eric is, of course, away Eric is the- spending his stimulus check already. He's right, out. Just- he's, he's gone. <laughs> he spent the six. He spent four hundred of the six hundred on uh, Antifa books. The other two hundred <laughs> on gas to get away off the grid for the holiday season. This is the holiday edition of Late Fees. Reporting to you guys live from our homes, of course, uh, as usual. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Just one day closer to getting the vaccine. <laughs> Pat, you are very yeah, pro-vaccine. Try to, mitri- try to get that microchip. Yeah, <laughs> the microchip through the needle. That's going to be so cool to it's, experience. You know what? God forbid there's a microchip in my body as opposed to me carrying one around <laughs> exactly. wherever I go that does all the same things this other one does. Totally the the uh, blood vaccines. Yeah. So it's so crazy how that works. Uh, of course, yes, we are on the cusp. We we have done late fees from from you know in 2020 from a lot of different points of this year. So we <laughs> had to record an episode after Kobe Bryant passed. Uh, we had to record an episode right when COVID hit. We had to record an episode during the throes of COVID when no one could go outside. There was no one there. We had no clue what to do. We were supposed to be doing it together we actually made a promise pat that we were going to do it together all year we were going to actually record the show all together all year didn't um, happen didn't happen we made a very ill-advised teenage Mutant ninja turtles episode uh with just me and pat shooting the shit for two and a half hours <laughs> and then <laughs> why did we watch all those movies it wasn't because they because they pulled the plug on all the movies that's why <laughs> Why this this year? Uh, I was looking at like top ten, and then I'm like, oh, damn. holy shit! Top five, oh. top five, <laughs> top three. Yeah, Maybe. like there's just even in, even like the number five movie on my list is like in another year it wouldn't be in the top ten on my list. Exactly. Like, it, and and then you know we took a small hiatus. Uh, we we did some rotating stuff for a minute. We found an excellent new host and Dom. So you know, once again, shout out to Dom. You know, one of the one of the goats. In the world right now, I gotta give you. I gotta give you a applause. Here, there you go for, for putting up with us. Um, but but you know, and then and now we are here at the end of the year, twenty twenty. We're we're gonna have a very very quick, very cool, very casual episode. Uh, we 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 we're furloughed. Let's say that we're furloughed from the from the video store. I hate I hate to say it, Dom. You just supposed got to here. be at my parents' house right now. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're furloughed, and and now we're we're you know, that's not a good joke. That's a terrible joke. We shouldn't say that. It's just the gimmick. That's the way the gimmick is. It's a bathroom. But here we are on Late Feast. Furloughed from a video store. 
How crazy! I mean, we, that we would if have been video the first stores mother- existed. That would exactly. happen. Exactly. Yeah. Furloughed. Yeah. We would be the first motherfuckers gone. We would have been on. We would have been on furlough. Goddamn! In March, if that was the fucking case. Day one. Uh, day fucking one. Uh, but we have our. You know, we, we usually do this a little bit later. But you know, it's a it's a it's a weird year. There's really fucking nothing coming out. I'm sure that you know, in the next episode, of late fees, we will have a Wonder Woman '84 review for you guys. Uh, Dom has already seen. Dom's it. seen it. The real the real critic among us has already. Seen <laughs> I know it. the real Rotten I Tomatoes. Did. It was critic. it was pretty. It was pretty. It was cool. Like you know, spoiler alert. It's a cool movie. I I do. I do think people are not going to really fuck with this movie that much, though. Like, I don't want to get into it necessarily, but I just feel like I had a really fun time watching it. And all the other reviews I've read, like, because I've, I've already, like, recorded my review. It just hasn't gone up yet. And, like, I was like, oh, let me see what other people think. And, like, yeah. everyone's just kind of been like, oh, this, like, just sucks. And, like, this is what's wrong with superhero movies. And yeah. I'm like, y'all put up with a lot of bullshit you, you know what's year crazy? in, year out. You know what's crazy? This is the what? Is this is the only one that's only. come out this year? It's the only, it's the one. only one. Unless you um, count New Mutants, which I don't, and no one should. Yeah, yeah. I um, I haven't seen get... a higher than two star review on New Mutants yet. They keep the one and a half star keep piling up, baby. Um, I obviously I want to I want to get into that full review when we all watch it. It comes out two days from from when we recorded this. Two days from when we recorded this. One of my good friends. Uh, I will one more question though for Dom. No, no spoilers. But one of my good friends, Morjani. He said that it was less action based. It was a lot more character stuff in the near two and a half hour movie. Is that true? I will say that is true. There is action, but it is not as like, you know, what a really good action movie, I feel like action is kind of like motivated. It's like, yeah. Oh, this happens. And like the story contrives good reasons for there to be a car chase or a fist fight yeah. or whatever. Yeah. There's action here because they couldn't make the movie without it, not because it's like <laughs> necessary. So there'll just be like a passage of like, oh, cool, this is exciting. And then like, oh, shit, it's been like a while since I've seen anybody kick anybody. You know? like, but, but it's not, it's not, it's not, a, I, don't, I don't think it's like in a terrible way because like, for me anyway, and I'm seeing a lot of people disagree with this, so I'm, I'm confused. Yeah. I think the action looks good. I think it like has a good feel to it, and like the editing and the rhythms and stuff, which... Right. Uh, I don't. I don't see a lot of people agree with me on that. So I don't know if I just went in with super low expectations, or if I just well, have like my taste well, is stunted now. We'll see. I am the resident, obviously, resident DC lover here. Even if, uh, even if Pat wants to deny his love for DC, I but love we, DC. I, I don't. I wish the movies were better. There's plenty of aspects of all the movies that I like. I they have better source material. You had a blast at Aquaman. I saw yours right I, next to you. I have nothing against Aquaman. It's not. It's not. <laughs> right. it's, it's not a five star movie, but I, I'm glad it exists. All right, we, we're gonna get into Amber Heard, her. not innocent, fired from Aquaman two. Let's make it happen, listeners. Wow! Call it. Yeah. Wow! Wow! This is now in selfies. Um, <laughs> we're gonna talk about Wonder Woman eighty four next episode. We're gonna have a big blow, uh, a big blow uh, episode on that. But uh, this episode. We're going to keep it low key. We, Pat, you have a list. I'm going to bring it up right now. A, a, a list of things that we were to talk about on this show today. Yeah. We're getting back uh, into outlines. We're saying okay. outlines again. Okay. We're, we're having, no, you call them manifestos, which I, I had always thought was a bad idea. We should not you be calling call them manifestos. Them manifestos. You because that's what they read like. That, that's what they read like. <laughs> Dom, I will send you the first manifesto <laughs> that Pat ever made for, for Steven Spielberg. Was it just and you tell caps? me, and, and you like tell me, bro, you tell me this wasn't made in a in a shack with candles lighting lighting it all around. You tell Dom, me that's not what Dom happened. Is, Dom knows I'm kind of crazy. Dom has read some things I've written. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. We, we've all read some, some things. You, you, you've all read some things <laughs> that you have written. Uh, I'd love to talk about it one day on the show. But uh, today, we, you, you have a list of uh, things we want to talk about here. Uh, Eric has sent his in digitally. Uh, but what we have here is top five movies, biggest letdown, biggest surprise, most upsetting delay, and most exciting new thing you discovered this year. Now, is that within movies or just in entertainment? I, I realize that like, it kind of does make it sound like it's not in movies. I did mean these all in uh, movie categories, uh, but... The fuck? You need to just come closer to the mic. Oh, okay. I thought it was unplugged. No. Um, I I did mean them all in movie categories. But if there's something that like really got you through the year that you just discovered, uh, tell us. Sure, let's let's hear about it. <laughs> all right. I'm I'm going to uh, start. I'm going to close my eyes. There's only three of us here. Four. Yeah, three of us here. I'm going to start with Dom. I'm really interested in seeing what Dom has to say. Uh, for his top five movies. I know okay. I don't know if you wanted to reveal. I was scared about this, Dom, because I don't know if you wanted to reveal the shit. Oh, yet, I don't care. You know, I mean, okay. okay. So like, the real thing about like trying to be like a regular working film critic is that like every year I end up having to make like four lists because like some place I write for will make me do one. And yeah. then later I'll have to make my own and I've changed my mind. Like one year someone actually paid me to say that uh, BVS was like my movie of the year. Like I, I'd already done three lists. And I was like, oh, I, I've already written about all the movies that are like my real movie of the year. And I was, I wonder if they let me do this. And they did. So I just like, just wrote a bunch of like ironic bullshit that I actually kind of stand by. But for this year, I still have, I want to say like, maybe like 10 movies that I think are going to be big contenders for me that I have. Yeah, it's how yeah. it always goes. It's how it always, it always goes. But from what I have seen right now, if I had to make a top five, um, I would say my number five would be uh, Tenet just because I, I really love it. And I know it's a dumb movie, but I don't care. And maybe in a different year, I would have forgotten about it by now. But because we had so few movies, I like hyper fixated on it for a while. I don't care. It's in my top five. Uh, my number four is going to be uh, Kajillionaire, the mm. um July movie. I actually really fuck with it. Like I normally am not that into like quirky ass, you know, like pink poster movies and stuff, but I really liked it. Uh, I feel like I have to put Nomadland on this list. Okay. I know Eric loved it too. I don't think I'm probably ever going to watch it again. Like I thought it was really great and I'm like good and I hope it wins awards, but I didn't like, I literally stopped thinking about it when I was done, which is kind mm. of like weird for me. And then uh, I, I, I reviewed this indie movie 14 earlier in this year that like I haven't really seen or any other people talking about, but it's like just this really sad, like somber movie about like a friendship over the course of several years, like falls apart, but like it, it destroyed me. It's an amazing movie. And because I'm an asshole and a cheater, my number one movie is just going to be all of small acts. I don't care <laughs> if it ends up being nominated at the Emmys because they're technically TV episodes, but it's five movies. They're all perfect. And it's my number one. And I don't give a shit. Okay. No what here's, here's my question. What is small acts? I don't even know what it is. Okay. So, uh, Steve McQueen, got, like, I don't know how this ended up happening, but I guess after he did Widows and like flopped, he started up doing this project with the BBC that Amazon Prime ended up like jumping in on for the stateside distribution. And it's like five individual films that each kind of varied on similar themes about growing up being of West Indian descent in the UK in the late 60s through the early 80s. Okay. So like one is basically like a cop movie with John Boyega, that's Red, White and Blue. One is like an hour and 10 minute long party. It's like literally just a house party. It's Lover's Rock, which is the one I think people probably go for the most. 
Uh, there's Mangrove, which is basically like Trial the Chicago 7, but like good. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then there's this one, Alex Weedle, which is like a, it's like a, like sort of like a short biopic about this uh, British writer who worked in the writer's room of the project. Like he was working with them and then they heard his life story and they're like, oh, well, you're an episode now. So it's okay. Like, and, yeah. and the final one, Education, is about how fucked up the education system in the UK was for like brown people. And yeah. that one is like the shortest, but it's probably my actual favorite. It's just incredible. Okay. So that's my top five. What was the question? I have to look at the. Oh, uh, the next question is biggest letdown. Uh, oh, okay. So biggest letdown. I won't go into too much detail about it because my review's not out yet, and like I don't think you guys have seen it either. But that movie, One Night in Miami, that Regina King directed. Yes, yeah. I heard about it. People are like losing their minds for this movie, and I didn't fucking like it like at all I, I i watched it a few days ago at a screener and like people are literally talking about getting regina king a best director nomination for this movie which would be really cool because i like regina king and i would like to see her winning I, I think that would be neat right but this movie is like literally like a tv movie like like a sub tv movie like the cast is like not very good the concept it's like very like not greatly written like it's written by this playwright it's based on his own play He's the guy that co-wrote Soul from Pixar, which is like a super tight movie. Which you, you like Soul, right? I love Soul. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. And then I watched this right after. And I was like, oh, cool. That guy seems like a cool writer. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, not having the entire Pixar story brain trust behind him. I was like, oh, this is like that fan fiction for like people who are into black history. It's like literally <laughs> like like if Brunch Twitter made like a, a prestige biopic and it's it's awful. When I saw uh, when I saw the trailer, it reminded me. Remember that that Spike Lee uh, Million Man March movie? What was it called? Get the fuck on the bus or some. Get shit? on the bus. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> is, it is it is significantly worse than get on the bus. Yeah, because um, I rewatched <laughs> get on the bus this year. I, I filled in. I re- did like all of Spike's filmography, and that movie's like weird and it's a little bit too experimental and like it doesn't go anywhere. It also, very like pulls your pants up ish too. I, I yeah, remember yeah, watching it's like, it. It's like the beginning of Spike becoming the grandpa who's like yep. you know grow up, stop playing video games. Uh, this is, it's, it's, it's a whole movie about Malcolm X and Jim Brown and the dude from Hamilton pretending to be Sam Cooke and uh, the fourth famous black person. <laughs> there are only four. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, four. it's literally about the four of them like having one night, one fictional night together in Miami. Who the fuck is the fourth person? Sammy? Jim Brown? No. It's Muhammad Ali. It's fucking it's Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Okay. Okay. And also, the guy that plays Muhammad Ali is like the only one in the movie who's like any good, I thought. So like, I don't know why I feel bad he's the one I forgot. But it's just, it's like, it's like a, I feel like it's like a movie like Twitter would have written. You know what I mean? Like imagine like all the annoying like debates you see on Twitter about like brunch and like date prices, but it's like Muhammad Ali and Sam Cooke doing it. Oh no! This sounds it, like I, this sounds like one of the worst things that you could conceive. <laughs> yeah, like like watching it. I remember I, I kept thinking I was being pranked. Like I was like, oh, this is. I was really. I, I guess I got very angry because like Variety ran one of their like you know Oscar hopeful lists or whatever, yeah. and their theorized best director noms included Regina King for this movie, but not Steve McQueen. And I was like, look, man, we all love Regina King. But like this is not the year for like I'm, she she's directed a lot of television. I've seen several episodes of TV she's directed. They've all been very good. This is just not good. I cannot wait to hear your review. Of course, you can, <laughs> you can check that out on Armchair Autor on YouTube. You're gonna yeah, it sound like it sounds like you're gonna go in. So I I don't wanna I don't wanna uh, get you too hyped <laughs> no, no, up. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, what is your biggest surprise of 2020? I think the biggest surprise of 2020 was the fact that. Uh, that 
like okay like i i'm I'm gonna sound really naive right now but like when i got like sent home from work in march i staunchly believed the movie theaters were going to be back open in july like no matter what i just i just assumed no matter how bad things get i feel like they're just going to force us back into this and it'll be like a shitty three months but the movies are going to come back out right so like once around june i had this moment where i realized like we're probably not getting movies back to normal anytime soon yeah and i was really shocked and felt like an idiot that i ever thought like yeah we're all just gonna go see tenet that's fine that's normal (laughs) we we spent the end of one episode of this show talking Mm -hmm. about like will you go see tenet in theaters Mm -hmm. and people were like yeah you know it seems like it's getting better i'd probably i think i'd consider doing it and then a week later it was like absolutely not i would not (laughs) it was I think maybe we had two episodes this year. Where we were like, ah, it's ten- we'll be fine for Tenet. We kept saying, we'll be fine for Tenet. We were not fine for Tenet. And, uh, you know, Tenet was not fine for movies. <laughs> hey, I got um, my copy sitting right over here, baby. I bought it on, yeah, you know, you guys know me. I bought, <laughs> I bought it on, it on 4K TV, digital, yeah. On, on the ATV, you feel me? And listen, looks spectacular. It's a spectacular movie. I saw it again. Uh, a third time is probably where I'll stop. So I'll watch it one more time and, and then I'll be, I'll be done with it. Uh, next up on the list, Dom, your most upsetting delay of 2020. This is going to be such a good one because I know that we all have different ones that we uh, are going to say. Uh, okay, I, I'm going to be a cheater and say it's a tie between No Time to Die because I just really wanted a new Bond movie this year and I was really excited about it. And also Fast 9 because John Cena is playing Vin Diesel's evil twin brother and Anything else I could probably figure out a way to ignore about how much I hate Donald Trump, but this taking this from me this year is probably like my number one. Yeah. I, I, I shudder to say this because universal seems so adverse to doing this. just based off of their moves. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a possibility that this hits streaming same day or week after next year? Because I don't think we're going to get vaccines out fast enough. Or there I don't see it happening, man. I can see, I mean, like, now that Warner Brothers has done this, I definitely think other studios, even studios who are, like, talking a big game about mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. doing this, they're totally going to do it. Yeah. Universal's the one I can see being like, no. Because, I mean, they're, they're going to still be able to release this movie uh, internationally. Mm-hmm. And the Fast movies always do amazing overseas because they're such, like, a melting pot and also, like, who doesn't like cars flipping over and shit. So, yeah, I don't think we're getting that on streaming. Yeah, I um, I, I think, think it's interesting because Wonder Woman 84 will be the measuring stick for a lot of big studios. I think HBO Max has done a masterful job of like promoting that as a big deal and showing that digital marketplaces can lead up to a big, this is marketing brain here, but I thought the biggest, best thing they could have done was put the original Wonder Woman series on HBO Max this week because I was like, yo, they're actually taking this serious. And I don't know if you guys have like seen it on TV. They've been simulcasting Wonder Woman 1 all week on Cartoon Network, on TNT, on every Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they've been been simulcasting this movie and telling you this movie is coming. It it is going to be a big deal. It's coming on HBO Max on Friday with with the actual time, 9 o'clock Pacific, 12 o'clock Eastern on Christmas Day. They've done a masterful job of making this a big deal to make me think that this is possible. So, like, I I agree that I think Universal is adverse to it, but I think the 30-minute window to me is probably going to be the most that they do. In 2021, is it thir- not 30 minute, 30 uh, day? Okay. Window is going to be the 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 most that they do, I think, for that one. I mean, the honest, thing that's is, fine. Like, a the month gen- is fine. The genie is not going back in the bottle on no, this. Like, never again. That is the that is the thing that people like. The weirdest part about this discussion to me is like, uh, 
like I just started watching Sound of Metal, this movie uh, that Adam and Eric both liked a lot. And there's a part, and Riz Ahmed is a metal drummer, and he, the movie starts with him, he starts to lose his hearing. And the doctor tells him, like, this is not about getting your hearing back. This is about retaining the hearing that you have left. And people don't really seem to realize, like, there is no, there's no going back to, like, there will not be a going back to theatrical-only releases. Yeah. There is no... Like what, it, this is the type of thing where once something changes, your it is it does not change back, mm-hmm. and I, it reminds me a little bit of like, uh, R.I.P. It's Do Eddie's Dead, but when Kanye started using Auto Tune, and people were like, "What the fuck is this? Like this, <laughs> this this is not happening, man." Yeah. And like fast forward a few years, and it's like, it, it's weird to not hear Auto Tune. Yeah. So if Universal wants to be like the New York boom bap of, uh, of, of movies and streaming. That, that is quite the analogy. So that is be the it. analogy right there. I, I uh, love that. I love that. Um, last the up universal for, is rock Marciano. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, I, I like, I like, I like rock Margie, but, uh, you know, he's, he's like, he doesn't sell albums. Um, most exciting thing that you discovered this year, Dom. Uh, Oh, you know what? This is actually pretty easy. So when I was going through all of my like horror movie watches in October, um, I didn't really fully discover this, but I realized like, yo, this dude is amazing. Is I got into Mario Bava, like the guy that directed yeah. uh, Danger Diabolique and different stuff. And I'd seen Danger before. And I love that. That was like mind blowing. But I watched like two or three more of his movies this year. And I was like, this fucking guy doesn't miss. Like I watched a bunch of Argento movies and just never connected with that guy. Even when I like the lighting and the fucking Goblin score and stuff. But Mario Bava was just like, I could probably just stop watching other movies and we'll go through all of his movies and not be unhappy. And yeah, like that right. made me feel really good. Uh, awesome. So that is Dom's list. I'll go next. Cause I, I want to end on Pat. Cause I know, I know that this is, this is legendary. <clears throat> so my, my top five movies this year uh, and number five, of course, it's gotta be Tenet. Uh, it has a lot of problems. Lord knows we know that it has a lot of problems and, and you know, Chris Nolan thinks that we are dumb because this is literally the movie that shows you what he thinks about us. But this is such a blast to watch. You just turn your brain off uh, and just literally like just have fun with it and just let all the stupid stuff happen. Uh, my next movie on my list, number four, Bad Hair. I think Lena, okay. Lena, Lena Waithe, notwithstanding, this movie was spectacular. It was a different type of horror movie and one that we, we like desperately need to see. And that is the Black perspective on certain things. I think that too many movies, antebellum, uh, since Get Out, have, tra- you know, have attempted to um, kind of dip into the, uh, you know, the African-American, African-American experience, but in very shallow ways. This was one that was actually like, you know, very... It, it it's you know it touched me my I have mother i have a mother and, and a sister that have gone through stuff about their hair i have long hair myself i have dreads myself this is something that we deal with in the workplace and and i think the where horror um works is the social commentary and that to me is, is where uh is where that movie really shines um next up i have the invisible man invisible main i really right. fucking enjoyed this movie i i think that there has not been a movie that has you know stuck with me like this movie did when I saw it, I still remember the night that I saw it in February, this literally before the world shut down. And I still think that it's one of the, the best horror movies that have I've seen in the last couple of years. Uh, next bad boys for life. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's gotta be my number two, man. It, it, 
is such a fucking fun movie. I, I think so that, like, fun. again, it is not, and, you know, like, it, it's tough for me because, like, you know, I'm not going to have a lot of, like, crazy artsy movies this year because there like weren't the that variance many. variance of picks on, on this show. Yeah, like, it, it's, I, but, but again, like, I felt like it was a fun fucking movie. Like, Sonic, if we were doing top 10, Sonic would probably be number 10 for me. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. it was really fucking fun. I thought about giving Sonic a top five slot. It was it was good. I mean, that was fun for me. Birds of Prey was fun for me, but like Bad Boys for Life took everything I loved about these first two movies and gave it a little bit more of a a story and a little bit more of a you know a personality in in a lot of ways where it's like you are dealing with two people who know that they are old. It's not like you know, like remember Lethal Weapon Four did it and it was kind of like, you know, we were way over the shark. I think Bad Boys 3 works because they spent so much time apart that we actually got to see them, you know, go through the motions there. And then there was such a great emotional beat between Martin and Will's characters when, when Will goes down and there's that scene where Martin's like praying. That shit hits home for, for a lot of people. And, and I thought that, that that meant a lot. And it was like, Michael Bay couldn't have done that scene no, like, no. With, with any type God, of subtlety. No. <laughs> uh, and and I, thought it, I thought it was just fun. It was a fucking blast. And I hope that they do turn this into the next Fast and Furious uh, franchise with what they've done with the... The, uh, the final part of the movie. Um, I, I might get a lot of shit for this. I really, I really might get a lot of shit for this. But I thought the best movie I, I saw all year was The Five Bloods. Um, I really oh, fucking... No, it was a really good movie. Yeah. I, I, I really fucking enjoyed this movie. Um, really hit a lot harder for me after Chadwick passed away. I watched it again. Um, just a lot of parallels there that are kind of like, fuck. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, it really hits a lot harder now, uh, that movie. Delroy Lindo, to me, actor of the year, bro. Like, he, he killed it in this movie. Clark Peters killed it in this movie. I thought that it was really good. And Spike was in, in a really rare return to form, especially after Black Klansman, which I thought was good. This greatly overshadows it. So those are my top five uh, of 2020. Uh, yeah, those, those are my choices there. My biggest letdown. What was my biggest letdown of the year, guys? I, I don't know. What, what was I, I, I like? Not, you know what my, big let, my biggest letdown was? Palm Springs. Okay, Palm Springs. I bet. Palm Springs is my biggest letdown. I, but you know what? I feel like it was the Eric hype. It, it was, was yeah, I can see that. Plus, it was it's okay. It, it was, Eric's Eric's biggest letdown. Spoiler alert is Tenet. So trade off. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So like, it it was the Eric hype. I I think that I expected a lot more from it. I think it's it was funny. And, it's, and you are a huge Sandberg fan, also. I am. I am. And I thought I was. I was very let down by it. It wasn't as funny as I wanted it to be. Yeah. And it's kind I, of like a better movie than it is funny. Right. Yeah. Very uh, true. It's earnest, especially for a movie that you know of its type. It, it's very like honest in in, mm-hmm. in its intentions. But um, it did feel this is this is a part of of the COVID where I felt like movies were way longer than they were. This movie felt two hours to me, and I think that really that really like shaped the movie for the the movie for me in the end. It felt really long. I, I was like, guys, is this not 120 minutes? Um, biggest surprise. What was the biggest surprise for me this year? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say the biggest surprise was was really bad hair. I'll go back to that. I thought bad hair was going to be, I mean, awful. <laughs> I saw the, I, I saw Lena Waithe front center. <laughs> I, I saw, you know, everything, you know, just, just about it was very, very much like, oh, this might be terrible. Uh, also, Jingle Jangle was a big surprise for me this year. I sat and watched it a couple weeks ago and I had a blast. Like, I, I think that that's one of the, one of the really sweetest, and, and coolest looking of uh, Christmas movies that I've seen in quite some time. So those are my two biggest surprises. I, I had two for you guys there. Most upsetting delay. This one's easy. The Batman. Uh, uh, I, yeah. I, I want to live in a world where that was coming out next October. 
<clears throat> Unfortunately, we do not live in that world. However, the silver lining to that is that I think it will be a better movie for having that delay to March 2022. It's two months, you know what I'm saying? Like, or, or so it's a couple months, six months, you know, past where I wanted it to be, but I think it'll be a better movie because of it. And I'm super excited for it still. Just give us another fucking trailer so I can six, watch it. Six months also feels a lot shorter than it did when they initially announced that it was being yes. pushed back. Now, like six months, sure. I, I mean, we did. We already did October 2021. I can do the rest. Like, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I am completely okay with it. But it was just. A, it was a bummer. And really, the reason why it got it got pushed back was literally because of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was because they were they were you know Robert Pattinson caught it, and then someone else caught it. So, uh, actually, I want to go back on biggest surprise because my actual biggest surprise I think was the HBO Max thing. I think in terms of what that has done or what we're about to be watching, we're going to be sitting and talking about movies very differently in 2021. And that is going to be the reason why. Yeah. I, that I think, was going to be my biggest surprise. Just that happening so much sooner than any of us expected. Exactly. It and then happening with, with like literally they Kool-Aid manned it. They just bust through the, through the fucking wall yeah. and said, we're doing this. I think this is, and, and I'll let Pat, you know, I'll let you go longer for morning, but I mean, this is going to change the way that we watch movies. And I do not think that it's only going to be 2021. If this takes off with Wonder Woman 84, which I think that it will, then they're going to continue doing this. And I think they're, they're, they're going to see a value proposition in it. But I'll let Pat go uh, a little bit more longer form into that. Most exciting thing I discovered, Pat's going to love this, Eraserhead. Yeah, there we go. Eraserhead, we go. I, I have never been a, a David Lynch guy. Um, never been really like very confused as to his output. I was to say the least <laughs> in the past couple of years, but I, I really enjoyed Eraserhead, not for just being just a horror movie, which HBO Max strangely put it under horror, which is really not horror. Body horror. Yeah, I guess. But really more of just being a movie that uh, for all of its uh, strangeness really does have a, a, a real, uh, like, I, I, I want to say like it, it's strange, but it's also very endearing and, and it's, like how naive all the characters are as yeah. to like how fucked their lives are. I, I really enjoyed Eraserhead a lot. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm a fan. I got to say. It was, it was uh, there we go. We did <laughs> I just want to say that watching you in the group chat live watching Eraserhead for me, I also watched it for the first time this year and watching you watch it was better than me watching it. Like that was like, <laughs> that would be in my top 10 movies. It's just like Justin's live reactions to David Lynch. I was like, this is perfect. Uh, uh, let, let's run through Eric's real quick so we can get the pat and we can, uh, we can put a bow on this thing. His top five this year. Uh, this is no order. I believe uh, first cow lovers, rock Palm Springs, Baccarat. What is that? How do you say that? Baccarat. Uh and Sound of Metal, his biggest letdown, Tenet with a heh. That was a personal touch for him. <laughs> uh, biggest surprise was Tom Cruise telling an usher he loved Tenet as he blew past her. <laughs> there you go. Loved it. Uh, loved it. Most upsetting delay, a tie between a promising young woman and not getting to see the highly anticipated sequel from CIA Jim. I guess, I'm guessing Jim Krasinski. Uh, a Quiet <laughs> Place 2. Hey, I, I forgot A Quiet Place 2 was the first casualty of Early COVID. victim. Early I, victim. I, I think that we, we kind of we kind of blaze past it because it's Fast 9... death on the way to Michael Jackson, I think. It, yeah. It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think we glazed past it because uh, Fast 9 was like two weeks after that. And then it was like, whoa, okay, now movies are over. <laughs> after yeah, that, nobody gives like, a fuck if Jim from The Office's new movie about people whispering is like not coming out. But Yeah, and the one, the one that he isn't in, 
Oh, so he's not even fucking. Oh yeah, because he dies in the. Yeah, he he yeah. dies in the first one. No, no, it, the movie's been out for like four years, bro. Yeah, bro. He yeah. dies in the first one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, Killian that is, Murphy that, Hive Assemble release a Quiet Place two. Um, the most the exciting man. His his most exciting new thing was the the whole small accentology. Uh, McQueen really came through and crushed the buildings in the final month and put American directors on notice. So that was uh, Eric fucking I mean, loves praising McQueen for being English or wherever the fuck he's from. <laughs> he's English. I mean, to be honest, he's like the man's like a god. Like I, 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 I don't think any other directors this year were flexing on this level. Like I thought Fincher was going to come really hard with Mank, and I, I like right. Mank, but people seem to hate it. But after he watching said all, all that asshole movies, stuff when it came out too. Yeah, he was really setting himself up for people being like, oh, never mind, fuck you. But, like, McQueen, all of his interviews have been like, very chill and quiet. And, like, oh, this is cool. I got to write about my parents. And then, like, the movies are all just, like, devastating. Just yeah. <laughs> uh, one, of them ha- one of them has an uh, anti-vaxxer in it. Oh, God, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. I was sure <laughs> that happened. That was, that was the surprise of the year. Like, well, not really, because she, she always seemed a little bit. Well, her, her yeah. thoughts on, on homosexuality and uh, LGBT are quite documented. But Letitia Wright uh, has had to go back to her home planet. <laughs> 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 she, is, she is done. Um, okay, Pat, you are the last one up. Go all ahead. Right, with your here t- we with go. Your, with your uh, top got, five movies. Yeah. All right. Top five movies. I forgot what the questionnaire was. Uh, top five movies. You know, I'm still kind of conflicted over the number five spot. I'm hesitant to give it to Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman over many other oh, movies, man. which I know seems wrong. Uh, people kind of hated The Gentleman, I think, which I, I don't it. know why. I thought it was like up there with like Rock and Rolla and um, Snatch for like best Ritchie movies. Um, I mean, you know, it's made with like the political sense of a movie from 15 years ago, but that's what Guy Ritchie does. Who cares? Uh, I don't that or Sonic, I guess, is my number five. I love Sonic, <laughs> man. Uh, and also, I three way tie between those and Possessor, um, which is done by Cronenberg's son, which everyone should check out. I think it's an, a regular rental price on Amazon. Um, um, Pat, Pat, was Sonic the um, was Sonic was. the last movie we saw together? It was, it was the last movie we saw together. It was the last movie I saw in a theater, and I cried during the scene when he plays baseball by himself. Oh. <laughs> great scene Dom did you see Sonic did you see Sonic yeah I saw Sonic it's sweet yeah okay it, it, it somehow manages the like real world guy like uh, he James is great for like that guy in uh, I'll say again what I think I said to Justin at the time why do all these characters have to be police it's always a cop There's it's always a cop it's because it's like it's, in it's, kids it, movies in kids movies they don't kill black people that's why it's, it's because all cops in movies are like cops from like Andy you know, Griffith <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's the reason people think cops are good. Um, uh, number four is Color Out of Space. Uh, gotta give it to my man for that one, even though it's like probably the weirdest. You know what? I'll say it's the best Lovecraft project that came out this year. Okay. Uh, with, okay. Uh, with, uh, oh, I see you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three is a movie that I think people are really going to be able to see next year, but I saw at the outdoor, uh, Beyond Fest, which was Saint Maud, mm. uh, which is about a girl who uh, is like a, just became like a diehard uh, Christian and is like also a hospice nurse, and that makes it sound like I, that's the type of thing I would hear and be like boring. Next, but uh, it's it's very uh, it's chilling and like the the ending is something. Um, number two, a movie you guys both have got to see. Uh, you cannot kill David Arquette. Oh, I did uh, want to see that. Yeah, it's so it's good. good. Yeah. 
It's so good. And Arquette, I think he has, I, I love documentaries when like they, like documentaries are like, they exist for like, oh, again, documentaries, they're, they're so honest, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Documentaries are like more manipulative than uh, fictional movies because the fictional movies, you're like, here's the fictional situation. Here's all the scenes they made up to be in that fake situation. Boom. Documentaries, they take real stuff and like, like, yeah, here's, here you see some of this, some of this, here's what's true. And like, it's even when they are good, they're manipulative. And I like like movies like this and like Exit Through the Gift Shop where they're like, we're going to use the fact that it's a documentary to fuck with you. And like, there's one point when Arquette is like sitting on a horse wearing a cape and vaping. And he's like, he wails to like no one in particular, like, I'm so sick of being a joke. And you're like, oh, this is awesome. Like they know, but he is also like really physically rehabbing himself. Uh, they show some of the indie matches he did, one of which it was that one in Highland Park where he gets the glass shard. Uh, yeah, like neck. Nick Gage fucked him up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's a blast. It's, it's insane. Uh, I just, I loved it. And the theme song, the You Cannot Kill David Arquette theme song is so good. I want to uh, say two things about the movie real quick. One, in that scene when he gets his, like, blood, he gets all bloodied and shit, yeah. the person who's there for him to get him to the hospital is Luke Perry. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're, because they're, like, good friends. You know, they, they, yeah. they were in stuff together when they were kids, but, like, Luke Perry has the thing where, like, when he's not in a movie, he's wearing, like, a grungy baseball hat and has four weeks' worth of beard. So you're, yeah, like, you don't know great. that it's him. He's, like, just doing a confessional while driving him to the hospital, and you're, like, it's fucking Luke Perry. <laughs> and also there's a bit when you're talking about the whole like, unreality thing about that movie, there's literally yeah. a bit where David Arquette is talking about how ready to rumble and being WCW champion ruined his life. And he's like not being able to get work in 15 years, yeah. even though he's been in like 40 movies in the last yeah. 15. I was like, wait, this is a bit right. Like this man's not doing that bad. My favorite line from any movie the whole year is from you cannot kill David Arquette. And it's not from this year. It's from the promo he cut after stealing the title and it's when he comes out and he says you should have known better than to trust somebody from hollywood and like <laughs> the way he says it is it's so good uh and then number one uh i think i agree with eric on first cow uh it's about uh bros and cookies and uh two of my favorite things and the cow is adorable so i watch that Okay, uh, Pat, uh, your, your, next, your next up is uh, Biggest Letdown. Biggest Letdown, you know, this is a tough one. Uh, I might, you know, I'm actually going to go with Bad Education. What? what? Yeah, I liked it, but like, I don't know, it just didn't do it for me. Uh, I was honestly like when I first, when it first kind of entered the, the, you know, movie sphere, I was like, oh, this is an easy top 10, maybe top five type of movie. And I don't know, it just, it didn't do it for me. Like, it's one that I'm going to be like, people are going to bring it up for years. And I'm going to be like, hmm, not for me. <laughs> I guess, I guess. But, I mean, it, but that being said, it's not like a, it's not a bad movie. It's just like, I, I'm never going to love a movie like this. I don't know. Okay. Fair enough. I'm not going to argue with you. This yeah. is your choice. Uh, <laughs> biggest surprise. I, we've already kind of spoiled your biggest surprise, but I wanted to hear more about uh, what you had to say about your biggest surprise as far as the HBO Max deal. Oh, I mean, it's, I, I think it's all something we, we, the, the, this show has talked about it before and I, it's, it, you know, it, it seems crazy to kind of be 
you know, raging against it or so surprised by it. It happened this, it's weird that coronavirus forced its hand, I think probably two years, I want to say sooner than this type of thing probably would have started happening. I think there would probably have been a few bigger box office, uh, might be, maybe not bombs, but stumbles that would have ultimately led to them being like, okay, you know, if we get, if, putting it up 30 days early gets us word of mouth from some people that trades off to other people seeing it in a theater. Like maybe that, you know, that, that was always going to happen. Uh, it's, you know, it is surprising that it, it was surprising. I think when they announced that even, you know, for, for, for four guys who kind of saw it coming and in many respects want it to happen uh, or see it as the logical thing happening, especially with the virus, it was weird that it was met with such uh I mean, you understand why people want their money, but otherwise it's, it seems totally logical and uh, surprising in only it's uh, arrival, not in that it's actually happening. I would say. Right. Um, most upsetting delay. Uh, the green Knight. Uh, oh man, you've been talking about this all. I, I can't year. believe we didn't get it, man. I was so sh- Like I didn't know there were so many fucking English majors out there that cared about a 24s crazy take on this, uh, this story, but I, you know, I, we'll get him next year. Okay. Uh, next up on your list. Uh, finally, rather, most exciting new thing that you discovered. I'm very interested in hearing what you discover. You've watched about 250, 300 movies this year. I, with rewatches, I'm a little, um, I think the 315, I think. And I might cross 300 just brand new. Uh, if I can, it's, it's not the easiest, it's, it's a, not the easiest thing to do in the world, oh, uh, I bet. but like it is, you think it'd be easier to just sit there and watch movies, but at some point you're like, I have to just take a few steps. Um, but, uh, I, other than being like, it was kind of, uh, rejuvenating just in watching so many movies and being, uh, on my own other than Elijah for, you know, most of the year in a very unexpected way. It was nice that like, oh, this thing I love actually did basically get me through the year uh, in a way that I wasn't really planning on. Uh, And I kind of just realized like this morning after I came up with this jokey questionnaire. Uh, But also I will say that the uh, the drive-in, going to the drive, it was a long ass drive, uh, but going to the drive-in a bunch of times over the summer uh, was really great. Uh, You know, it was, you know, it was one of the only social things I did all year. And it was movie, seeing movies with people. So it was, you know. And, and I mean, that is really what connects all of us. It connects us on this show. It connects everyone, you know, all over the world. And that's why we miss it so fucking much is being able to watch movies. Uh, but we're not going to get that for a while. So we got to come up <laughs> with a way <laughs> to do this thing in the right way. You know, I, I had originally theorized that we should all fucking watch uh, Wonder Woman uh, on Zoom just just because just we could just be watching it together. Uh, Looks like we used to do back in the day. But the thing about it is I was like, I just realized like, we don't actually even talk to each other in movies. Like we're just literally looking at a screen anyway. So it's, it's like, it's really just being, <laughs> it's really just sitting that, down next to somebody and eating popcorn. Like that's just really the, the, uh, the, the, the thing that we love. But uh, that has been our superlatives, if you will, our best of year in list for late fees uh, I want to thank everyone for listening for all of, you know, through all of the ups and downs of 2020. I've said it so fucking much. I don't want to keep going to it, but thank you guys <laughs> for listening. Um, we will be back 
let's let's take a little let's take a little a little bit of a powder and come back around mid January with mm-hmm. uh with another episode. We're gonna be making a couple changes to the show. We're not gonna announce it yet, so you know you just gotta wait for it. But late fees will be back stronger and better than ever in 2021. Hopefully vaccinated. So for Eric, Pat, Dom, we uh we are wishing you a very happy holiday, blessed New Year. Please be safe. You know the rest. Please wear your fucking mask. Wash your hands. But I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this show, you do that anyway. I'm Justin here on Late Fees, and we are closed or furloughed. Okay, no, no bad joke. No, don't do it. Bad. <laughs> All right, fine. Fuck it. All right, see you guys next year. <laughs> see you guys next year. See ya. Bye. <laughs>